You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. So instead of a sermon tonight, we're we're doing another Ask Me Anything because one of our goals this year was to have risky dialogue in the way of Jesus. Um, I think this is so important because this is how God speaks to us as a, as a body. You know, we, we participate together. It's not, we don't have these meetings to be like a consumer experience. I mean, I, I hope you get something from God in the Sunday meeting, but it's not just that. It's, it's, uh, we're making, we're creating the culture, we're creating an inclusive body together. And I think we need to talk to each other more in order to do that. So this is a time where you can ask me anything, and I hope that it um, kind of gives space and opportunity to talk about whatever comes up together. So you got any questions? If it's too hard, I'm going to ask Terry. <laughs> I might ask you questions. Alex. What, I'm just curious. What's your, um, do you have a first memory with God or like spirit? Totally. So my dad was a park ranger, and we lived. That sounds kind of romantic, um, but what it, like, it meant that we lived on the outskirts of town with no neighbors in this 2,000-acre park. And um, we didn't have a TV. Like, my parents were, like, really, like, I always felt like the weird, you know, that weird kid in school. Anyway, um, I w- there was, like, um, so many beautiful things growing just kind of naturally and unkept in this park. And... Uh, there was an orchard um, on one side that had apples um, and pears and cherry trees. And I remember being, I remember actually trying to like escape my parents fighting or like something not great happening in the house and going out in into the orchard and climbing a tree and just feeling like I was like surrounded by this unexplainable like loving presence and I I was able to kind of consciously register that like oh I'm not alone so that's a good that's a good memory thanks Alex Joanne (laughs) wow that was such a process I started out as a cell leader, and um, it was around. It was close to after the time my daughter was born. She was just a baby, and I started to get what felt like a like holy discontent. Like I, I was so happy being at home with my. I had taken. A, I had my. I have my master's in social work, and really enjoyed my work in community mental health in the HIV AIDS community. But I was taking a break to be home with my kids, and I loved that, just 
not having to, not having to answer to a boss every day and and not having to leave my kids was like amazing to me. I, I told Jeff like you're gonna have to medicate me if I have to leave these kids. Like we're gonna have to just eat rice and beans for a couple years. So I was happy in that, and yet I God God start God like planted something in me where I I would go to my the I wanted to start a cell meeting in my neighborhood. I don't know where I got this idea, um, except that I had been a part of a cell and seen like how we came together and God transforming us through loving each other. So then um, I started a cell in my neighborhood um, in Point Breeze at the time with my friend Rob. And uh, I just loved to grow it and to, c to connect people and try to include people. That just kept going for a couple years. And um, I went back into social work and really loved that. But a bunch of like people in our community would say to me, and my pastor, Rod, would say to me, you really need to take yourself seriously and think about leading. And so... He asked me a bunch of times to be a cell leader coordinator. I said no for, like, years. Um, but eventually God started to, like, it, it, was, um, it was a moment in, at my job in social work. I was doing group therapies around with, I had developed this model that we called spirituality groups. And the client, my clients started to call me Pastor Rachel, and I was like, okay, I need to think about this. So even beyond that, though, it was like going to conferences. I felt like I really needed to see a woman who was a church planter, not just a pastor. Um, and so I asked God for a couple years, like, show me this. I'll say yes if you show me this person. And I never found that person. But eventually God <laughs> got me to, like, trust that he would take care of me. So it was probably like a 10-year process of saying yes. These questions don't all have to be about me, by the way. Tori, I, um, all right, this is super vulnerable, but I went to circle counseling first. Um, I was, uh, what, like 22, 23 maybe. And um, I was really struggling. Like, I was, de I was really depressed. And a friend, I had a friend who was part of Circle at the time, and she told me about Gwen and Circle Counseling. And back then, Circle Counseling was um, one little tiny office, and it was just Gwen and, like, one other therapist at 10th and Locust. We had, like, a little office there. And um, I went, and I, you know, like, I was supposed to have my life all figured out. I was one of those, like, super achievers. And, but I was at such a point where I, I knew I needed help. And so I thought, I sat down in Gwen's office, and it, it took me, like, probably two months to actually say why I was really there. But eventually, like, like instead of giving me this plan to fix my life, she, like, extended, she just kind of, like, radiated the mercy and love of God, and it started to, like, break me down. And um, shortly after that, I would, I started to come to Sunday meetings. 
But I would sit in the back and like run out the door before I could talk to anybody for a long time. And then it took even longer to like really get in a cell. And so um, I think it takes a while to trust community and see ourselves as valuable participants in it. Bethany. Yes. Um, that's a good one. I I think I'm learning more and more just to come from my own experience. Like nobody can argue with your experience with God. You know, they can ar argue facts and figures and denominations and um but I try to just come out of what I've actually lived and being, being connected to a body like, like helps with that. Like I don't, I feel like I don't have to just tell my own stories. Like my relationship with God is so much beyond me because of this community. Um, but I think it's a lot of like trying, like paying attention to the other person too. Like I try not to let go in the conversation. I try not to let go of like what God has given me and my hopes for the other person. But at the same time, I think, and you know this because you're, you're so good at this. It's like, it's about forming a relationship of trust and like earning a right to be heard. Um, so it's a lot of just like getting to know somebody and their experience. And then then I'll sometimes, that usually gives me a clue of like how I might, the questions I might ask or the things that I might have to offer to them if I get to know them too. Okay. You do this all the time. <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think it just is... It's kind of scary and awkward because we live in this culture where it's like you're, you know, we don't want to be oppressive. We don't want to be like, um, like selling something. You know, we're just like advertised to constantly and we don't want to be that thing or that person or that institution. And so we're always like checking ourselves and it's, you know, when really we have like the board of life, you know, and people are dying and they need it. Um, so I, I get inspired by the Apostle Paul. Like I have, I, I study his books over and over because I love his guts and I feel like I need his guts to just, I mean, he's just bombastic sometimes. He's over the top and I don't think I'll, I'll never be, I don't think God's calling me to be him. God's calling me to be me, but I, I get inspired by hanging out with people who are, are out there and free to like say whatever. Because I know I need more of that. Marguerite. Um, what, do you ever talk to other pastors at other churches and what do they think about raising pastors from within? What, could you just talk more about how that is important to circle and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, hiring pastors, like, a job. I don't want to knock that because it really works for many churches in the United States. Um, I think it's kind of strange, personally, to, like, uh, like, learning is really important, but it's, like, we, the system, like, with seminary is like set up to be trained to do this thing when in fact I think being a Christian is like you do the thing because that's who you are so like like you have a ministry and uh already like it's not like somebody could can give you a job to do that you know I mean they can but I think uh I think we should just do what we're given to do um, and then get more training if we need it. But the whole um, we've we've just learned that we're we're so communal and familial that hiring somebody from outside of us just hasn't. It might work in the future, but it just hasn't really stuck so far because um, of the way that we're trying to relate to each other all the time and know each other. And so it's not just a job for us. It's a vocation. It's a life. We're not like clocking hours. It's way more fun than that. So I think that's part of it. But again, I don't, I don't know what the future can hold. You know, we might have an opening for something and be led to, to do it a different way in the future. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not opposed to that. It just has worked so well so far to like, um, this discipleship process, like Paul and Timothy. Um, it's like, you kind of, you kind of get mentored. Like I, I took, um, the administrative pastor job just to get not because I'm good at administration at all, but because I wanted to get mentored by Rod for a couple years. And I think that, I think the space to like walk together like that is really useful where we can see, this is why we have cell, cell leader apprentices. You can just kind of watch and see how it works and do the leading alongside your leader. I think, I think that's a great education. Grace, so good to see you. And then Lila. If somebody knew um, was considering reading the Bible, where would they, where should they start? I would go straight to John um, because I I think he gets called the beloved disciple for a reason. Like he, he had a closeness to Jesus. There's like a, a tenderness um, in his descriptions of stories about Jesus and I would I would say one of the gospels and John is one of the gospels because you get that direct you're getting that direct report of who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing and that that's the heart you know I think discovering that is the best thing I think all of the Bible is pointing is pointing to that is pointing to Jesus, and we 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 read the whole Bible through the lens of Christ. But um, 
I would say go to the Gospels and specifically John because he um, he was not only like close to Jesus, but he had uh, he has this kind of expansive way of telling the story, like from the beginning of time to the end. You know, like he starts in the beginning is the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. So he's not just like, he's not just spitting out the facts and the reports. Um, He's giving us like this encounter, I think, with the living God. Good question, Grace. Um, My question was, what's it like to do the work that you do as a woman? That's a really good one. I I have moments of like, I guess the short answer is it makes me really rely on God because I definitely have moments like last Friday where I was just like, you know, it just feels like blow after blow, like like how, you know, like are the voices of the marginalized ever going to be listened to? Who's going to take care of us? Who's going to take care of the poor? Um, and we do as the church, but um, I think that the way this country is going, it is really, it is really discouraging because uh, you know we're seeing a widening gap between the rich and the poor. Where I, I think we'll see more and more violence as people get more and more fearful and divided up. So yeah, it feels really sucky sometimes, and. And yet, I think it's a huge opportunity for the church to, like, rise up and be its true self. Because we, we have a power that is beyond the Senate and what, you know, what anybody can give us in money or titles. And we just got to keep fighting. It's a fight. And it really feels like that sometimes. Good thing I I have, like, partners in the fight. Probably the most discouraging thing, Lila, is is trying to get practical things done, you know, in systems that are just broken by by racism and sexism and classism. So, like, getting this building up to par, you know. Um, Getting our certificate. We've been fighting with the city for a year and a half to get our certificate of occupancy. And in all of that, I come up I come up against moments where I you know I know I'm not being taken seriously or something because of how I look or being a woman sometimes. So I just gotta keep fighting, but not in my own strength, you know, Tori. I think that's great. I think we should do, we need all the partners we can get, and we should do all the good work that God calls us to do. And in order to do that, I think it makes sense to partner with lots of different kinds of people and organizations. And I don't think they need to, you know, that we need to, like, agree theologically on every point by any means. Um, I forget where it is on our website, but there's a long list of our allies 
and um, we're making new ones every day. And so I think it, that ecumenical spirit is really important. And I and I think um, part of our approach to the world, you know, we're not trying to be separate from the world. We're trying to be in it. And so we don't need to like try to keep ourselves pure in this. You know what I mean? Like that that attitude is a little whack, I think, because Jesus calls us to like get in the mix. Having said that, though, we're not. We're also we sometimes get invited by other churches to just do churchy events, and I'm not really interested in just doing that because I'm. We're trying to meet the next person. We're trying to build bridges with people who don't know Jesus yet. So we're not interested in just kind of hanging out with other Christians all the time. Lewis. Uh, I have a pretty good segue. So uh, I don't want to get like morbid and dark, but um, how do you talk to, or how would you, because I know that like between denominations and everything, like, the idea of like death and hell and all that stuff is different. Like, I know that was a big topic that is like, is hell a Greek idea sort of thing? Like that's the thing that pastors are talking about. But like how would you talk to like a non-believer who seems to be in touch with like how to love or how to receive love, but doesn't attribute it to, doesn't attribute it to Jesus and doesn't. But but how, how would you like say like oh well without Jesus we don't have eternal life. And mm. I know I don't want to like jump to like you know you're going to hell or something like that. That's good. <laughs> what some Christians would do. That's like the classical conservative thing to do. But like, how, yeah, how do you address that topic? Especially if, you know, if you, like I'm picturing, if you're at someone's funeral or something and they accept God, how, you don't want to stand up there and say like, or they didn't accept Jesus. You don't want to stand up there and say, well, they're not in heaven. Like that's like the worst thing I can, that's the, that's like the worst thought I could have. Yeah, yeah. I think you're good to question that and not repeat it, Lewis. Um, I think number one, we don't have, we don't make those decisions. We don't have to make that judgment about if somebody's with Jesus or not. I think that God, God knows and works that out, and I don't even know how God works that out. And there's a lot we don't know about about, you know, the Book of Revelation is very mysterious. It can be studied, but there's a lot we don't know about how it's all going to work out. And so tr- knowing Jesus and trusting Jesus to work it out, I think, is the main thing. So I would just try to um, come alongside a person and help them know Jesus through your regular life. Bring him to a meeting. I, I even give Jesus credit for like for all the love in the world, the way the way that you know people are are wonderful and beautiful and come with so many gifts already because they're created in the image of God, you know so uh, yeah, Sam. So I wanted to ask this, uh, when, 
type or something. And it's been years and I'm really wanting to work on something. And, I'm, and it, it may not be just one thing, it can be like a bunch of things. And God's holding me and I'm building a relationship. And I'm going through good and bad. When there's certain things that uh, opportunities or not, I don't know. I don't even know if you probably answer your question. I probably would answer it as I'm speaking or whatever. Um, that uh, how would you know about a certain opportunity or where to go or, or mm. going to happen? How long do I wait for, for that? And even though I would move on and going, you know, faith and putting in the work. Like I said, I would probably wind up answering myself like, I guess I would just continue to, just continue to break jobs and I guess whatever comes back to me or whatever. And uh, I guess that's the way it was. Yeah, well, I think God gives us a lot of freedom to try Lots of new things. I don't think God's will is some um, one path. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you have the spirit of God and freedom to try stuff. And like, it's okay if we fail. It's not, um, probably the way we look at failure is a little limited anyway. Um, but I think a lot of, I think you're talking about perseverance and that's really hard. It's just hard to hang on in faith and keep working out our same old problems that we wish we'd get over and also talk, talk to people. I think it's helpful. Like when I'm at a specific crossroads, which I am like every day, I talk to people (laughs) and I, and I ask, like, hey, what do you think about this? So bounce, bouncing stuff off of each other in community, I, I think, is really important, especially people that know you. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.